I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. First cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast, and this is presented by Bonobos, wherever your tour takes you. Rick Gaiman here with Mark Immelman, Kyle Porter at a soggy Oak Hill. First off, Mark, welcome to the show for the first time this week. Thank you, Rick. It's good to be with you guys. It's a wonderful spot, this. I've absolutely loved my time. Down, I lived around the corner in Pittsford. Uh, see, the Erie Canal was sweet, but the golf course is awesome. I think the golf course, honestly, is the star of the show so far. Well, the star of the show, the golf course, KP, uh, had a little Jekyll and Hyde situation here on Friday. It was that fiery three and a half shots over par early, then the rain started coming in, softened this place up. It was about a stroke and a half difference between the early wave and the afternoon wave. So early late was the winner of the of the two waves, right? That's what you wanted to be in? I think early I, late. If you look at the leaderboard, I don't know if you've got it pulled up here. I think most of the top ten was early late, right? Is any of the top ten who's the who's the best guy from late early that's on the leaderboard? Rose? Sep. I mean, most most of yeah. that is uh, that, which is crazy. I mean, that's we haven't talked about it much this week, but I think that's one um, one takeaway from the first two days is how 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 much of a difference the waves were. Yeah, and and Mark, when you get that that rain, that moisture. I mean, th- this this course was it, it was it was giving these guys a lot. Of, it still is. I mean, don't get me wrong. It did not turn Oak Hill into an easy golf course. It still played two strokes over par, but just a massive difference from what we saw on Thursday and early on Friday. Then no doubt it is a handful. And, and the early late wave to Carl's point got yesterday morning. We had that frost delay, and to get rid of the frost, you got to water the place. So the conditions were softened up some. But through the day and round, when it began to firm up, and then this morning uh, conditions got a bit nasty. It was gusty 
sea breezes. I was out there for a few hours. Winds were blowing pretty hard. Greens were firming up. The approaches around the greens were getting harder, so the ball was running away. And more often than not, Rick, I saw balls hit the fairway a few times, bounce on the fairway a few times, then roll through the corners of the dog legs and such. So it was difficult because the conditions were firmer. But then you get some rain, softens the place up. I saw a number of guys hitting balls that were stopping right by the ball mark and such. And when you let these guys do that, they're going to have their way pretty much. And so I, I would certainly have the advantage to the guys who played early yesterday and late today. And I don't want to get too far ahead of us, but it is worth noting uh, tomorrow's forecast, KP, is basically rain all day long. So if you like it sloppy, playing through some of these annoying conditions, that's exactly what you're going to get. Yeah, which is not one. It's not what these stars that are top of the board want, right? Guys like Hovland and Scheffler and Bryson and Brooks, they want it. They want the what was the color of the greens that uh, eggplant? Eggplant, yes, yeah, it's like a light purple color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what they want. They don't they don't want it sloppy like that because that brings. What did John Rom call it at the American Express last year? Uh, a putting contest. A yes, a, a type of putting contest. That is the family friendly version. They don't they don't uh, they don't like that. So it will be interesting to see how that kind of affects play on on Saturday and Sunday. A trio. Of leaders at the top of the board. Let's start with Scotty Scheffler, Mark, who finally made a bogey this week. He did it on his 25th hole of the championship, and he would add another on 18, his final hole of the day. But he offsets those with four different birdies on the card, a two under 68, and he is one of the pacers at five under. You know, I just find it fascinating to watch Scotty Scheffler play. He's just so complete. But to me, more than anything else, he's so complete between the ears because think about what happened last week in Dallas. He was in contention, was the prohibitive favorite going into final round, was kind of scrappy, to be honest with you. You know, pack your bags there, you come up to New York, completely different golf course, and it's just more of the same. And, and the guy just seems to have no weakness. But he just takes everything in his stride. And, and conditions really weren't that easy this afternoon. It did soften up after the rains. But those guys played in a good, you know, two or three holes in the rain and he just kept plodding along and he's the kind of guy who looks like he's quite comfortable just hitting the ball down the middle of the greens put to the corners make pars pick up the odd birdie and i feel like it's that sort of a strategy why he's been able to avoid bogeys because this golf course is going to reward a defensive sort of a posture and an attitude where you you're making smart decisions and and you're playing sort of cautiously aggressively and and he seems like he's doing that and look he's a major contender well, I was going to say the the he didn't hit as many greens in regular he, he he didn't he wasn't as good from tee to green on Friday as he was on Thursday but I think what this week has highlighted with Scheffler which people should know by now he he's so good around the greens his hands are unbelievable he had an up and down on I think it was on 17 that was a joke I mean where he got up and down from so that's the th- I mean Mark said it uh, this was a great shot on number one right here he started. I think he started birdie birdie three three. Uh, hit it tight Is there. Those soft conditions though. That wasn't happening this morning. That's true. Yeah, it did start to soften up. But um, the the problem for the guys that are chasing is he's so comfortable, <laughs> he's so smart, and he doesn't. He's not going to beat himself. So you're going to have to go beat him, which I think for fans is exciting because you're going to have horses coming after him, right? Like throwing the kitchen sink at him. The one thing I will say, think back to the Tour Championship, he k- kind of kicked away. Rory played well, but Sheffer kicked away, what was it, a six-stroke lead going into the final round there? Yeah. Was, so so there's, there's some precedent there of him 
maybe not closing things out, but I just I have a hard time seeing Scotty Scheffler beating himself at uh, at Oak Hill. Uh, the difference, though, and I'm glad you picked that, but you're at a place here where, yeah, it's going to be softer tomorrow, and you figure with some of the course setup, Kerry Haig may let them get it some. Um, but I still feel like this is a different test compared to what Eastlake was yep. when Scotty won. You know, Eastlake, they're playing in August. The ball's going a long way. It, you, you can go ahead and play offense the whole way around. So Rory did. It benef- Chased him down with 64 or whatever it was. This benefits Sheffield, yeah, right? You, you just put the ball in the fairway. You put the ball on the green. You make four and you ask them to get you. And then you get a little silly and you attack one or two of these whole locations with the fall-offs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's the soft bogey. And then Sheffield extends the lead. 70-70 from Scheffler. Does that get it done? No. Too many chasers, and I, I think I think Saturday scoring is going to be the best of the week. Okay. So 70-70, so, so no. he doesn't win. I don't think so. So it'll be six, six under, seven under, you think? Yeah. Okay. I said beginning of the week when we were having a discussion when I got you on Tuesday, someone said, so what do you think wins? And I looked, and Tuesday was that gusty day, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, golly, the way it is right now, I'd take four or five yeah. and get in the clubhouse. But then after conversation, we were all sort of settled on four rounds of two under. So I'm going to stick with eight under. I think eight under kind of gets it done. Eight, eight's, it, it does depend on Saturday. If it is soft, then eight, yeah, might be it. I thought after, I thought after yesterday it was going to be like two under. We made the case for it. We were like, okay, if you get to 15 strokes gained and it's playing at 73 and a half every day, like you could conceivably get it to even part. But the setup matters so much. You know, you, you look at the green, uh, the pin positions matter so much. You look at these greens, there's so many different places to put the pins. Right. You can manipulate the golf course to be a four over course or a two under course, depending on where you put the pins. But the one thing you cannot manipulate is the weather. Yeah. And we saw that, you know, as the rain came in, the wind just absolutely laid down. When I was yeah. out there this morning, Big time. it was gusty and nasty. I mean, that par 4 sixth, I watched some guys going in there with three and four irons and stuff, and that green is minute. And I looked at this place going, goodness, this is almost not unplayable, but it's a handful right now. Later in the day, guys hitting wedges, they're stopping, no wind. It was open season, so uh, the weather will have a say-so as well. Yeah, 67-68 for Scotty Scheffler, five under par. Corey Connors, slow and steady, won the race for Friday. Three birdies, just one bogey on the card for the Canadian. We have, or at least I have kind of poo-pooed his actual chances of winning this golf tournament. (laughs) I think I still sit there on a Friday night. I love you, Corey. You're great, but uh, I'm not necessarily sure I see a path to victory for him. No. No, I'm not a believer in, in Corey Connors winning a major championship. Could be wrong you know justin ray had a great stat about uh there's so many similarities between him him in 2023 and jason duffner in 2013 uh so could Corey connors win this major championship absolutely but if you look rick at the string at the run of major champions that we've had over the last four years there's not a Corey connors among them and that's not to disparage him as a player he's a very good player but it's been Basically, stars and superstars only for four straight years, and I think that continues at uh, at Oak Hill this he, week. He's capable of doing stuff like like that, Mark. If you're watching us on uh, on, on this on the video here, you on know, the YouTube it, 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 on the YouTube, on, yeah, able to stuff it quite close and um, doing enough with the putter to keep him in this. I would venture a little wider than that and say 
the way he drives it. You know, you're yeah. playing from the fairway all of the time. It lets you play offense. If you drive it in the rough this week, you are playing defensively. And and if the place happens to firm up, I'm not sure if it will uh, with the rains tomorrow. If you're playing from the rough, you've got nary a chance to hold some of these greens. But if you're playing from the fairway, you can get after it. As we saw with Corey Connors today, I mean, to get around you with just one bogey. And really, it never, ever looked challenged. He didn't look like there was any high stress about it. And if you can continue to do that, then you're in that place where you're comfortable-ish in an uncomfortable environment. And, and that's going to be, to me, t- a telltale deal as well. The third man in at five under par was actually behind us on the driving range until mm, about five no, minutes good, ago. It's our beautiful boy, Victor Hovland. The beautiful boy. Followed the up other his beautiful own boy. Thursday 68 with a Friday 67. This was splendid. Yep. He was, uh, again, I haven't seen the final numbers, but as of a couple of minutes ago, he was lapping the field in stroke scanned approach like by three shots. He stuffed one on 17. He stuffed one on 18. He made the birdie putt on 18. Take a breath, Rick. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm lathered up right now. How well, do you feel? I, I, think, I think what's exciting about Victor is it's almost like we're watching somebody learn how to play majors in real time. Mm. You know, and, and, and so often over the last, whatever, 10 years, you see the speed come out right away and win a major, and that's what you expect all major winners to be like that, which is not a reality. Even right. a Cam Smith, even a Matt Fitzpatrick, they had to learn how to do it over a long period of time, and we're watching that play out with Hovland, and I'm excited. I, I don't know if he's ready. I, I think he could be. I, I, I legit think Victor Hovland could win this major championship. Two, last two majors, Mark, are his two best majors. Nobody's ever ready to win a major. I don't care who you are, even Tiger Woods. You know, it's just different. Your body goes through different sensations. But he's been there. He's been in the final group, so now he knows. And, well, and he's, I'm with more, you. he's more ready yeah, yeah, than I, he was. I think you're preaching. I'm completely on board with Victor Hovland. When he hits some shots, and I was out there with him on Thursday, he hit the shots that you needed to kind of hit in a major championship to keep rounds alive because you're going to have this moment. I don't care how well you're striking it. There's going to be that patch where stuff isn't going your way and you have to recover. You've got to stay relevant and stay in it. And he showed me that he could. And he just seems to be gaining in stature some. So, look, I'm on board, Rick. I'm, I'm with you on Victor right now. Final group on Sunday at the Open Championship. Yep. Final group at the Masters. Are they going out in two, two or three tomorrow? Second to last group at the Masters, right? I was he in the, the final, final group? group? I thought it was Brooks and, and Rom in the final group. Break the tie, Mark. What do you think? I don't remember. Final pairing at the Masters was Brooks and Rom. All right, I'll take your word for it. I think it was Cantland and Hovland in the. Remember ahead of them because Brooks was yelling about. Yes, that sounds slow yes, play. That's right. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what happens. Okay, uh, so those three at five under. Then we've got ourselves a bit of a gap here to the two players at three under: Justin Sun and Bryson DeChambeau. Let's start right there with the. Not so beefy one anymore. Bryson, obviously, I thought you were going to say Justin. No, yeah, <laughs> he, he's, he's not beefy. He's, yeah, he could, uh, he can move it for his size anyway. But uh, Bryson got off to a slow start here. Bogey on three, double on six, makes three birdies between eleven and fourteen. Mark before one square on eighteen. Um, so it's two off the lead and playing to his strengths here around Oak Hill. I would say so, and I feel like he sort of got by his bad day a little bit here, and he's still very much relevant. And there's a different demeanor about him right now where it seems like he's almost a little bit more thankful for what's going on. You know, when Bryson won the US Open and went on that torrid tear where he tells us afterwards that, look, I wasn't swinging very well when I won multiple times in a year, it seemed to me like 
he sort of thought he was the man and golf owed him something. The Bryson right now is, he's just seems content, seems thankful, seems to be playing the game, enjoying the game. And uh, it's actually refreshing to see. And, and today I didn't believe he had his best stuff. Certainly not as good as round one. But 71, you get out here with limited damage. The leaders are inside of your sight. Um, it's, it's all about positioning for tomorrow, and I feel like the game is there for him right now. Here's what's shocking, Rick, about Bryson so far. He's... I, I looked at this before we came out, so it, it might have changed by now, but he's third in distance off the tee. He's also third in accuracy off the tee, yeah. which is, for anybody, pretty stunning at a major championship, especially one like Oak Hill, but especially so for him. You know, on Thursday he said, I... I'm surprised that the ball's going straight. <laughs> You're like, yeah, so am I. <laughs> but it's allowing him to contend. He's not really putting it that well so far. Um, he's just striking the hell out of it. And I, I'm, I don't... I don't know if that can continue, but it's been impressive the first two days. What he has done uh, with regard to that putting to me is whenever he's had something long range or significant, and a lot of these greens have got a lot of movement, so you have to be good pace control wise. And I feel like he's left himself a number of putts where it's a great he's shot. sort of tapping in from a couple feet or so, so stress free. Uh, that save behind 14 was mammoth, but I feel like he got a bit fortunate over there. But the pace control in the greens is good. And I feel like some of the pitch shots he's hit around the greens have been sound too. Yeah. Because remember, he plays with that the, the, the one length right. irons that are quite upright. And so on some of these very tight lies here, it doesn't allow you the, the luxury of laying the club face open. You've almost got to stand the shaft up like he does, play front edge golf. And he's done that. And it's some very good short game pitch shots around the greens. So uh, around the greens, I feel like he's been stout. Yeah, and the one well, thing about his, his technique, he's got that... Um, end of range of motion technique that he uses and when it's on he said to me he goes he feels like he can never miss it left and so he can just swing away and I feel like that's why some of the accuracy is there off the tee well Bryson a big name in contention heading into the weekend and there are many more big names that we still need to talk about but first we're going to take a quick break did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business less than 20% of them take the first step the reason building a business is tough Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best the Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast presented by Bonobos. Wherever your tour takes you, we are talking everything about the PGA Championship, including... The PGA Championship fantasy game, Mark. I We showed this earlier. I'm whipping Kyle in our little game here. We're losing to Steel Da 1, <laughs> who's currently the leader in our pool, Mark, because he's got... 
Colin Morikawa, Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hovland. And because you've got to choose one of the club pros, he went with Michael Block. He's, he's, he's beat <laughs> That's why he's winning. Yeah, look, I was out there with Michael Block today, and you speak of swagger. Yeah, he has got, got tons swag. of swag. That guy, and he hits the ball straight. He doesn't look like he's awed by the moment. He's just relishing it. And man, right now he's he's well within reach. I'm keen to see what he does tomorrow. Uh, we chatted with him after the round, and uh, he has quickly changed his expectations <laughs> from just being out here to making the cut. And then he said, "Well, top twenty wouldn't be so bad." Well, the goal was for him was going to be he had one more thing to do, and that was be the low club professional in the PGA Championship. Well, he's got that iced, right? Because no one else made the cut yeah, of the club press. So he's got that thing done and dusted. So, man, it's free swinging from here, isn't it? What a what a cool mm-hmm. weekend to have ahead of you. you. You made the cut. You're in it. Just let it go. That's that's pretty sweet. He also uh, he also might shoot 80 tomorrow. He also didn't have a lot of co- – he booked a flight home on Saturday morning yeah. before the week, so he's got to change that. Not a lot of confidence <laughs> he was going to make the cut, but a good problem to have at this point. I'm going to tell you something that in all of my on-course broadcast career has never happened until today. I'm standing there on the par five, the par three fifth. Uh, Michael Block, that is, has just made bogey on the par five, uh, five before that. Is that the and he's, shank? He's, well, he's well in contention. I'm 30 yards in front of him off the right side of the tee. He's got nine iron in hand, and I'm setting up here for a call. And as he makes the pass, the next thing, this ball flies straight over the top of my head. Hits a tree off the golf course, out of bounds, and kicks back in. I've lost it. I'm looking all over the show trying to make a call now, and my utility is like it bounced back in the, uh, into the golf course over here. I have never mm. had a professional golfer hit one or shank one over my head in all of my years of calling golf. I, I don't understand. You, you, you're out here telling you watch it. So these guys get so many kicks back into play. Rom got yeah. one on was it 16 or 17? He it, the, I think it was 16. He hit it out of bounds and it kicked back into play. It's unbelievable. Are those kicks or are those people throwing balls back in the fairway? Can say. That's a good. We should mine. It's the into fans that. turning their back on certain players. Yeah, we know, should yeah. mine into that at some point. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, PGA Championship fantasy contest that we have going on for the rest of the week, and we've got another big name. K- KP, I got to admit to you, Brooksy. Brooksy's 66. I kind of got lost. Like, I didn't even really notice it, right? I mean, there was a lot happening as everything was going on. He just finishes in a flurry, comes in in 31, and he is now a mere three shots off the lead to tie for sixth. Round of the day? I think it was the round of the day and tied for round of the week with Bryson 66 yesterday. Does that sound right? That sounds right. Uh, Listen, the Brooks thing is, is interesting because I came into this week thinking, okay, Brooks was terrible at the majors last year. I don't really buy all the health stuff because the year before that, he wasn't healthy and he almost won three of them. So I thought it was mental. And then he almost wins the Masters. And you're like, okay, is he back? Was that a one-off? What's going on here? And this sounds crazy because it was one round on a Friday in the rain at Oak Hill. But I, I genuinely think Major Championship Brooks is back. Now, for how long? I don't know. Is that going to last five years? Is it going to last two years? I don't know. But I'm, I'm, I'm a believer again. I'm in. Nine pars mark on his front nine, then that 31. Heck of a way to finish. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, major Championship Brooks is sort of taking a leaf out of some of the, the long-time Major Championship stars, Bucks, and that's, of course, Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods. 
and they were quite prepared to just play a game and let you beat yourself because they knew at the end of the week and right. Brooks said as much remember that yeah. major championship where it's like alright there's 156 guys in the field N- 90 of them can't win other 30 don't believe in themselves there's essentially 5 guys I've got to beat <laughs> uh, remember that statement and yeah. so he knows okay I'm plodding along here folks are having at it I'm just going to make par after par after par I'm going to have my run at some stage and he showed that today and it was to me a bit of a masterclass really for a guy who like you point out hasn't been that good in the majors lately Yeah. but he kept on crowing about the thing saying I feel healthy you know my leg lets me push off my leg lets me walk golf courses and bend down and read putts so I, I think he's around for a bit I, I'm, I'm certain I have I'm certain to my soul that he's ruining the decision that you know you better start playing while he's, else he's not going to get a lot of these things because mm. of the current setup in golf so um, it's cool to see Brooks back He's good for major championships, I feel like, and I'm keen to see if he takes what he said he learned from the Masters misstep and puts it into practice this weekend. The uh, thing that Mark's talking about, there's only 10 guys that can win it. (laughs) I wrote about that quote this week, and my question was, is Brooks even still in it? And I think the answer after two days is... Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Firmly, yes. Three shots off the lead. And KP, we sat here 24 hours ago. And we said, wow, Rory McIlroy salvaged his Thursday round. And if he does something special on Friday, who knows? He might be inside the top 10 by the time we head into the weekend. Well, it wasn't super special. It was a one under 69, which I guess on this day was pretty darn good. That moves him into a tie for 10th. Rory McIlroy, the the fifth or sixth guy that we have spoke about tonight. Four-time major winner Rory McIlroy is on the first page of the leaderboard with two rounds to go. It's pretty crazy. I've been very impressed, Mark, with his uh, resilience over the first two days. You know, he shot 38 going out on Thursday. And you kind of looked at it and thought, okay, Masters all over again. Here we go. And then he got it together and shot a pretty decent 71. Same thing again on Friday. He's two over through seven, and you're like, okay, he's going to fade. And he didn't. He put together three birdies over his last uh, 10 holes there. And then afterward, we were talking to him, and he said, you know what? I'm hitting it great on the range. It's not translating out on the golf course. I can't hit fairways. I might just tee it up as high as I can and let it rip Do on, it. The, on Saturday. <laughs> and you could just hear the entire interview. Just, oh, my gosh. Here we go. You but, know, it, it, It's going to be interesting to see if Rory can win a major like this because all of his major wins have been as a front runner. But the front running hasn't worked recently. He led this tournament after the first round last year and then faded late. So it's going to be fascinating. Well said. Now, look, I'm not one to query Rory. He's a generational player, Hall of Famer, future. Um, But I just feel like the way he's played these first two rounds is like Rory maturing into a, a... a guy who can win a major championship with his B game, to use a Tiger Woodsism. You know, when Rory was on his A game, he'd dust fields and win by nine. Mm-hmm. And like Congressional and, and Kiowa and such. But here he's come in here with very little form. He's lightly run. He hit the thing all over the joint Thursday and Friday and got out here and he's inside the top ten. And to me, that's sort of showing where he is mentally. 
even though he's not hitting the ball great, he's going to have to iron that out some. Yeah. But I don't, I, I don't feel like just go ahead and just blast and, and just throw caution to the wind because par is still going to be a good score. And if you notch off one or two tomorrow and you at least get into the red, he's big in with a shot on, on Sunday. And if you post something, you never know because this closing stretch of holes is about a thousand yards worth of yep. mayhem. And so if he's in a place where he can post, just doing the smart stuff, who knows what's likely to happen. I do wonder if if he's kind of saying, I'm not going to hit fairways anyway. I've only hit seven of my first 28. Mm-hmm. Just blowing it as far. I mean, it's it's the Bryson at Wingfoot thing, yep. which has been overplayed this week. But I wonder if that is is the smart play. I don't think so. There's certain holes. To me, it's not that you just blast it. It's where you miss it. Because even though you can, pl- the, the length guys have an advantage, it's the side you're coming in from. Because the greatness about this golf course is that as the greens are bunkered, and a lot of them are sort of geometric in shape, it's all Donald Ross shape, and they've, they're well bunkered and guarded, and every bunker is lower than the surface of the putting green. And so if you miss on the correct side, if you're in the rough, you can sort of run one up the approach because Donald Ross let you have that stuff. But if you're just airing it out and you get on the wrong side of a target, then you're playing defense. So, so yeah, if you're going to fire away, Rory, just make sure you miss on the right side because <laughs> you, can get, you can get into trouble if you're on the wrong side of some of these targets. Well, we've got plenty of big names that are going to be vying for this title uh, this weekend. We do have a couple of notables. Uh, quickly, gentlemen, that did not make the cut. Uh, Jason Day comes to mind. Ricky Fowler comes to mind. Don't you say a word. Cam Young. Uh, uh, comes to mind. I, I won't say it. We'll just show the graphic. Cam Young. You Mark's one and done selection. That, comes to mind. See Woo Kim. I, KP, what's the most surprising? Well, I'm here? here to I'm here to to take a stand for Mark because <laughs> yeah. if if I would have had Cam Young in the one and done, I would have played him. For the record, I used Cam Young the first week that we had him available. I used him at tournament champion. So yeah. So I I do not think that was a bad pick. He, to me, him and to me, actually, he might be the most surprising guy in this list, even though. We're talking about beforehand. He wasn't necessarily playing great, but the golf course sets up really, really well for him. He just, he just didn't have it this week. He was, he was bad from the start, and it, it only seemed to get worse. Mark, I mean, I look at Sung Jay, thirteen over. I mean, that's that's pretty shocking. I would say so, and I'd say Matt Fitzpatrick as well. And um, to yeah. me, you look. This is this is a golf course that rewards power. Let's just be real. Past 70, 7,400 plus yards. And it was it was playing shorter when it was firm because the ball was rolling out so much. But as it's going to get wetter, it's going to reward the long player because they'll get some shorter clubs into these greens. But that being said, I still feel like it's there for power and precision. And that's why you see a Corey Connors up the leaderboard. So I was somewhat surprised in Sung JM because he plays that game where it's from the fairway, it's precise, he controls distance very well, and he's got that sort of just hang around thing about him and so I'm very surprised at him shooting 13 over. 13 over. Sam Burns should be on this list also. Sam he, Burns was actually so much like he was like further <laughs> down. We didn't have enough room in the that was, in the graphic. Right. Not enough room on the graphic. Not, not enough uh, characters that we could put in there. Uh, 36 to go. Who wins this golf tournament? <laughs> I, crazy but true. I'm going to I want to go with Corey Connors. Again, I love the precision thing of it. He's very close to the Canadian border here. We are. And I feel like there's going to be a massive red and white contingent out here supporting him. And he just seems like, you use the term ready. Um, Corey has been enough. He's close enough a few times. He's won a few times. And this golf course, 
I don't think you can shoot the grass off the place. Hmm. So if he just continues to do what he's doing and stack a few pars up there, eliminate mistakes, I think he's on the way. Because everyone's going to make mistakes. You must just eliminate that disastrous stuff. Because stuff. think of the double bogey and triple bogey count we're seeing. And he's just kind of plodding along. So right now I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards Corey Connors. But look, there's some blue chips behind him. Wanamaker, Sunday evening, like this. Who does it? Scott Shuffler. Yeah. Darn right. Change his name at the at the. Ceremony. Yeah, and he says, you know what? Now that I've got two, two, I'm going by Scott. I'm no longer Scotty. I'm Scott. Can I change my pick? Sure. Scheffler. Scott Scheffler. <laughs> Scott Scheffler. Just give me a Scotty Victor final pairing and battle it out, and I'll I'll be Smith. Even though he's tied, it it does feel like it's Scheffler's to lose a little bit right yeah. now. It does. It does. But I still like Corey Connors, I do. All right. Well, I don't think he capitulates. Lots of golf to be played. Moving day will be incredible. Awesome. Looking forward to it. We'll be back after each and every round to break it all now. I'll break it all down. But for now, big thanks to all the help getting done behind the scenes here. That's Mark Immelman, Kyle Porter. I'm Rick Gaiman. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.